listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Whitney City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Whitney City Slam Podcast. Welcome in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 208. The Royal Rumble was this past weekend, and we break it down with former WWE.com writer Jordan Gerritsen. There is a new SCW champion, plus we'll talk some POW Entertainment, Rocket Pro, Northland Pro, and Second Wrestling. And we welcome, for the first time, someone who's been making his name in multiple promotions, such as Chicago-style wrestling, Northland Pro, Galli Lucha Libre, and Janesville Wrestling Alliance, He's the current CSW Metro Division champion, El Sueño Victor Iniestra. You get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC Frank the Clown here, and you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Oh, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. <laughs> Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Now we're going to turn to WWE's Royal Rumble, one of the biggest events of the year. It kicks off the road to WrestleMania. It was held this past Saturday night, January the 27th, at Tropicana Field down in Tampa, St. Pete. And we welcome back former WWE.com writer Jordan Gerritsen to help break it down. Jordan, how you doing? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. This is always, I think one of the most fun shows, if not the most fun show of the year. So with that, you know, there's always lots to talk about. And before you know it, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Sounds sounds strange to say, but here we are and happy to get into it with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll start off with the Women's Royal Rumble and Bailey wins it from the number three position, last eliminating Liv Morgan, who made her return after a few months away. So your takes on the Women's Royal Rumble and what do you think is Bailey is the winner? I love the win for Bailey. I was happy for her. I think she deserves it, you know, just because I thought it was kind of predictable. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think they told the the right story. I think it made a lot of sense. Obviously, there's kind of a natural story to set up with her and EO moving forward. But I thought she had a good performance. I don't think, you know, I, I kind of compared to last year. There was no talent kind of coming in with a groundswell like we did with Rhea Ripley and there wasn't maybe that buzz, but we did get a couple of surprises, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I was, like I said, I was happy for Bailey. Probably long overdue, quite frankly, when you think about the four horsewomen and mm-hmm. you know, her kind of being old reliable of the four. 
over the years and just the way she's evolved as a performer and as a character, it's nice to see her get her flowers because she's often been playing second fiddle to one of those um, other three women over the course of her career. And now Bailey's road to WrestleMania is going to be very interesting because she could go ahead and jump over to the Raw side and challenge Rhea Ripley for her championship. But I think the most intriguing story is, does damage control kind of excommunicate her or kick her out because of the power trip that she's been on lately? And does she end up fighting EO at WrestleMania for her title? They can go either way with this, and I think it would be good. Yeah, and, I, and I'm with you. I think I think the more compelling story is definitely that latter option. I, they already kind of set the um, groundwork for it in motion in the match. Kind of had Asuka and Kyrie come out, and there was that kind of, you know, them not being on the same page, Bailey kind of being confused at them in the match, and then the whole debacle when those two got eliminated and Bailey's reaction and all that. So I think that's an interesting story. I'm not sure from a character standpoint, if Bailey were to go after Rhea, I'm not sure what that would would really look like. You know, they have plenty of time to get creative and give us something. But I think that that damage control kind of implosion story is is kind of ready made. There's a lot of meat on the bone. You know, people want to cheer Bailey. A lot of them already do. And I think, you know, that that kind of turning on her or kicking it, kicking her out, however, it may be that really sets her up to be a fan favorite again. And um, again is, you know, I think a great opportunity for her and well-deserved after a great, great run as a heel for a number of years now, which if you think back to a decade ago or whenever, if, if we were saying that about Bailey, it'd be hard to imagine, but um, it's just a testament to her evolution and, and growth. Yeah. And it's nice to see her get the win. She ate a lot of L's last year in WWE for sure. She she did, and I think that's, again, that's a testament to her as a talent. You know, it, it, it can be kind of the mistake of being good at your job and old reliable when, when they know that they can beat you and, you know, you don't really lose your credibility. But she's here, and, and there was, you know, it felt right what she won. It didn't necessarily feel like a big surprise. She had a bunch of eliminations. I think she was the elimination leader in the match. And quite frankly, I'll, I'll just be looking forward to seeing what she can do in a in a true showcase match, it's definitely going to be setting up for probably one of the biggest opportunities of, of her career. So it'll be, it'll be awesome to see her on that stage. And speaking of a lot of eliminations, Jade Cargill made her debut for WWE in the rumble and she had quite a few as well. And she looked great. Jade was awesome. I think um, it's one thing to say that I think a lot of fans, including myself were expecting or hoping for an appearance and for that to happen and it's still to exceed expectations and feel awesome, I think that's a sign of a job well done. She had that presence. She had that charisma, everything that we saw in AEW. And honestly, a pretty solid showing and, and a great spot to kind of introduce her to the WWE crowd. She looked like a million bucks. The kind of exchange with Nia was perfectly set up. And now I think it leaves us wanting more, which is kind of exactly what you want from a debut in a, in a spot like that. And then we had a couple of, uh, well, well, one expected surprise and a couple of other surprise surprises. Uh, Naomi's contract was up with Impact Wrestling slash TNA. She came back as number two in the Rumble along with Natalia to start the match. It was so cool to see her back. And then 
At number five, with the current TNA Knockouts champion, Jordan Grace, come on in. She looked really strong. I thought they really did a nice job with her. She didn't get eliminated until about midway through the match where Bianca hits a KOD on the apron on her. So definitely a strong showing for TNA. They didn't crap on TNA or anything. And I thought the coolest moment of Jordan's appearance in the Rumble is when they both her and Naomi cleaned house. They actually saw each other. They hugged. They, we did, they recently had the match where Jordan beat her for the knockouts title. They actually acknowledged that. And the crowd popped for it, too, like, as if they knew exactly what was going on in TNA. So that's great for TNA, I think. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good look for them. I think it's just, for me, it's just a reminder that this is a brave new world of the wrestling industry that we're that we're operating in, particularly from a WWE perspective, where they are making these overtures. And, you know, it is a big deal. Is it a surprise? Yeah. Um, but it's not the first time that this has happened. Obviously, they had Mickey. I can't remember if that was last year or a couple years ago when she mm -hmm. was um, knockouts champion as well. So kind of a continuation there. And then, you know, like you said, the fact that this WWE audience in there, say, however smart the crowd is or whatever, they they recognize that, like you said. And it just, I think it just says a lot about the state of wrestling right now. It's, it's a good thing. And, you know, with this kind of new regime, I'm looking forward to seeing what other connections or, or kind of collaborations that we might see, not just in a rumble, but maybe from other perspectives. But yeah, it was also great to see Naomi back. I thought it was really cool to see. She, she seemed like she was pretty over, overcome with emotion initially with the the crowd response i'm sure she wasn't you know she was a little nervous if the fans were going to remember her obviously they had no problem um remembering her she looked great and yeah it was a, it was a great performance and then we had nxt wrestlers roxanne perez and tiffany stratton appearing as well and tiffany actually looked pretty strong in the end there i actually glad you brought tiffany up because i had her her name down i thought of everyone in the rumble match she impressed me the most I'm not a regular viewer of NXT anymore just because there's too much wrestling. She is one of the few talents in NXT that I've made a point when I heard about a match to check out. Her stuff with Becky was great. The fact that she's put everything together in this package at su such a young age, still plenty of ways to go, but she's kind of a savant. She's a great athlete. She has the character work down. She's incredibly smooth. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does. I'm honestly... I don't think she'll be served by any more time in NXT. So hoping that we get to see her on the main roster very soon. Who knows? Yeah, she's tailor-made for the main roster character-wise and now even in the in-ring respective as well. Absolutely. Yeah, she's she's a great worker. And I think the other thing that was that was cool to see, um, along with Roxanne Perez, and you, you touched on Liv Morgan's return, obviously, mm -hmm. fan favorite. I think there was some speculation out there, but people weren't really sure. So that was cool to see her in there, uh, especially with the last couple of years, the the growth that that she's made. And she actually does feel like a, a star now. That felt like a big deal that she was in there. Yeah, and then a couple of comedy moments too. We had Chelsea Green just getting beat up by everybody, getting squashed like unteamed times. And then we had R-Truth trying to steal Valhalla's spot in the Rumble because he drew 24 and tried to enter the wrong Rumble. So some funny stuff there as well. <laughs> The the true stuff popped me. I was I was kind of coming into the show. You know they're gonna do some sort of silly moment with truth. And I'm thinking about stuff with the Judgment Day and the Men's Rumble. Of course they throw a complete curveball, and it's not even the men's match that you get the the kind of jokes in. So props to that creativity and him being able to I think 
he pulls it off in a way um, that's not overly cheesy and, and still very funny. It's just, it, it's awesome. He's, he's a great time. And now we're going to go ahead and move on to the fatal four-way match for the undisputed WWE Championship. And in this match, we had Roman Reigns, the champion, with Paul Heyman. And Roman Reigns retains the title, defeating Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight when Reigns pins Styles to retain the title. And in my opinion, it was a solid but not super spectacular match. Maybe a little less than what we expected from these four. But it definitely sets up Roman for another Mania main event as his title run now approaches three and a half years. Yeah, I, I think with a lot of these Roman matches, we've kind of gotten to the point because we know we we know the finish, or we we almost feel like we do with 99.9% certainty. For me, it's a little hard to get invested in 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 watching them. I love all these performers. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of all of them. There were some fun spots, but you know, with 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 it kind of feeling like it's you know, we have this preconceived outcome that we know what it's going to be. It can be a little hard. You know, I think they did great work, but we, I think we are kind of all looking ahead for, you know, what's going to be on Roman's plate and okay, where's this going to end, right? That's what everybody's talking about. And I think it's been a great run, but I think we're all dialed in to the end of this story and, you know, whether that's ending someone else's story, you know, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about as well. But, uh, you know, I, I personally, I, I'm finding it hard with, especially with the kind of bloodline formula that we've seen play out so many times, you have the solo interference and, and all that. So um, hopefully looking forward to maybe some different universal title match styles coming down the pike here soon. And we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I guess they're in the eighth inning now, maybe. In, in, <laughs> we're talking about how what inning they're in now. I think they're in the eighth inning of Roman Reigns. I think it's got to kind of start winding down soon. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that we're at least past the seventh inning stretch. That's all I've got to say. Like, we've, we've definitely had our bathroom break. We're back. And, you know, we're waiting for the last couple outs, I think. Yep. And now we're going to move on to the WWE United States Championship match. Logan Paul retains the title, defeating Kevin Owens via disqualification when Owens punches Paul with Paul's brass knuckles. So it appeared that Owens was about to overcome interference from Paul's goons as well as Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Paul attempted to use the knuckles, but Owens blocked the punch, stole the knuckles, leading to the DQ finish. It was a fun match, and... One I would not mind seeing again at WrestleMania. I just have to say, I think maybe my biggest takeaway from this whole show, which sounds silly to say, is how incredible Logan Paul is. Mm-hmm. Um, he continues to blow me away every time I watch him. I'm waiting for, you know, a kind of bad or even just underwhelming performance, and it's not happening. Sure, you can say he's in there with a lot of the world's best performers and wrestlers, and that helps. And that's certainly true. I think you could say that, though, of, you know, for full-time pros as well. He just gets it in a natural way that you rarely see with celebrities, let alone trained wrestlers, quite frankly. You see wrestlers with the talent and the tools, and they they toil at the craft for a long time, and they don't they don't get it on a level that, that Logan Paul does. So I, I, I start to think about other, you know, I look at the roster and just think about, okay, what who else would I love to see this? This, this guy against and I think KO was a fun pairing like you said there's definitely meat on the bone if they want to go back to it I thought the that finish was interesting and 
it, it's crazy to say I can't wait to see more Logan Paul matches. And if you if you would have told me that, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said, "What are you talking about? That that's crazy." But he is some sort of a wrestling savant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think an interesting way they can get back to Owens and Paul for WrestleMania. I mean, since uh, Logan won the match and Owens got DQ'd. Logan could just refuse the rematch and all that. But what could happen is maybe he throws Theory at him. Maybe he throws Waller at him. Owen's got to beat both those guys to get back to Logan Paul. Some fun storyline like that, I think, could happen. I think there's a lot of options there. And as weird, again, as weird as it may be to say whether they go Owens, whoever gets that spot against Logan Paul at WrestleMania, that's a big spot. I'm not going to pretend that it's like Undertaker spot. But when you think about the number of people that might just be tuning in for Logan Paul or they see it on social media or they hear about it, you know, from Logan on his other socials, you know, they're going to know about whoever that wrestler is. And that might not necessarily want to have anything to do with the rest of that card. So I think that's something to not lose sight of is that is like a major platform for whoever gets that spot. I know, you know, whether it's KO, I know people have talked about LA Knight as a potential opponent. I think that could be a lot of fun from a, from a promo and a mic perspective, Logan can certainly hold his own. And we know LA Knight's a great talker. So I, I'm looking forward to see what they have kind of cooked up for him at Mania. And then finally, our main event, the men's Royal Rumble match. Cody Rose wins again from the number 15 position, taking home the victory for the second consecutive year. He last eliminates CM Punk, who is wrestling his first WWE TV match in 10 years. And after the match, Rhodes points at Roman Reigns in the skybox, and it appears Cody will try to finish his story at WrestleMania 40 in a rematch with Reigns for the Universal Championship. So, Jordan, what's your take on all this? Well, just for that last part that you said, what a nice uh, change of pace that they don't leave us any any time to even, even think about it. We're not going to pretend and build to a, a segment on Raw you know, a couple nights later about who will Cody choose? It's we all know who he's he's meant to face and what this story is supposed to be. So I just thought that that was cool that he he did that right off the bat, kind of changed the script there. For me, you know, I was happy to see Cody win. I, I like Cody. I I was personally expecting Punk and, and probably rooting for Punk a little bit more. I thought Cody was certainly the safe option of the two. I thought it had to be one of those two guys. And for me, I'm happy to see Cody go after Roman again. I do think that this is maybe a less compelling way to get back there. I think it would have been really interesting if Cody had come up short and then you kind of have him over the next month or so trying to find a different route to WrestleMania, whether it's in the chamber or elsewhere. You know, that said, I thought the execution was good. Those were the two guys that we wanted to see it come down to, and it did. They didn't try to throw a wrench or do a surprise for surprise sake. And sometimes just sticking to that, it is good. Yeah. And I thought actually they planted some seeds in my head on Monday night raw last week when Gunther approached Seth Rollins and they had that in-ring promo. I'm like, can Gunther be a guy that wins the rumble and challenges Seth at WrestleMania? If Seth can go, of course, and it looks like they're going to give it a shot depending on how his knee reacts and rehab the next few weeks. But that actually had me intrigued and thinking maybe Gunther might steal this win. And having them in there, him in there, I think he was in the final three with with those two, if I remember right. Yep. Um, that was fun because then you're like, oh, they might, you know, they might really go with Gunther. And we saw what he did last year with 
that incredible run. My mind starts to wonder too what you do with the rest of this card because obviously we're we're going toward Cody and Roman. We've kind of been building or hinting at this Punk Rollins program. Now, yeah, Rollins Gunther. We don't really know what Seth's injury situation is going to be. You know, is he going to be able to go? They might not even know at this point. They might be working that out. Is there a possibility of a triple threat with Punk? You know, I would say even as a Punk fan, having watched him perform in that match, he might need uh, a third guy in that match to be able to have a kind of WrestleMania headliner quality match. I think that was also one of my takeaways. I was I was disappointed and and almost concerned for Punk. He just doesn't seem like he's got that that physical endurance, stamina, conditioning, whatever. It's you know he's been through a lot. He's had some injuries over the last couple of years, and for not being asked to do much at number twenty seven, he looked a little rough out there. But the 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 thing that matters is is everybody cared and had a strong feeling about whether he was going to win or lose. I said I would I would have loved to see him win, but you know, him in a twenty minute singles match at WrestleMania, maybe that's not in the cards anymore. Yeah, that's actually a good point. If they do a twenty to twenty five minute match and Punk is involved, yeah, maybe a three way with Punk would be better just until his conditioning kind of catches up. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 who knows? Maybe they even go in a different direction. I think that one of my other takeaways from the show in general, and and really both Rumbles, not just the men. But how stacked and, and deep the rosters are, it's it's incredible. I mean, I think there's always more stars that can be built. But in terms of the talent that's there and the kind of possibilities, I think there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff and a lot of fun options when you look at how this WrestleMania card is starting to shape up, particularly since we kind of have one of the pieces on the board already with knowing that we're going to Cody and Roman again. And, you know, presumably no no Dwayne as in as in the rock at, at this point. So I can also understand that maybe that was part of the reason they did go with Cody to kind of um, stymie any of that speculation. You know, are we getting rock versus Roman? Maybe, but not at WrestleMania. That doesn't look like. Yeah. We got that big tease on raw a couple of weeks ago when rock wanted to sit at the head of the table. Yeah, it was. I mean, everybody, you, you saw the memes spring out of nowhere. Everybody's like, oh, Cody, like he's not going to get this chance to finish the story. And we, that, that's how we operate as wrestling fans, right? We need uh, we need one minute and then suddenly uh, we think we've got it all figured out. And then they throw us a curveball and we're back on our heels again. And then we think we've got it all figured out again. But I am glad that they are going to Cody and Roman. I think that match last year was fantastic. I still go back and forth as as to whether that was the quote right or not right choice for Roman to retain. I think he could make a lot of arguments over the last year that they should have given the ball to Cody there, but it certainly seems, you know, barring I think what would be a pretty shocking another Roman victory, it certainly seems that Cody's going to have the chance to finally finish that story, so to speak, at WrestleMania this year. I think that's why they kind of threw the rock out there. They threw the Gunther tease out there. Maybe they wanted to have us think a couple different things coming into this thing to make it feel a little less predictable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, people were starting to think about other options. You know, were they going to get a Cody Seth or something else that this kind of big discussion over the last couple of weeks, I think prompted by rock's appearance, like you alluded to was, does Cody need to beat Roman to finish the story? What, you know, what, what does finishing the story consist of exactly? 
And I think a lot of it is just winning that world title um, in WWE that his father never did. But it would be, I think, kind of unsatisfying after losing to Roman the way he did last year for that thread to never come full circle and, and kind of get tied off. So I'm I'm looking forward and they've got heat for that right away. You know, I think when they started that program last year, there wasn't a lot of animosity behind it until that classic Heyman Cody promo on Raw that I'm sure everybody remembers. And now they can kind of just hit the ground running because it's you just jump off from where you left off a year ago. Mm-hmm. And some other tidbits from this rumble. We start off the match. We have Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso at one and two. And that kind of, even though they're on opposite brands now and they're and one's a baby face and one's a heel, it elicited memories for me of Demolition Axe and Smash going at it at one and two of many, many years ago in the rumble. I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that's a great callback, actually. And I enjoyed that as well. And then as that as that played out throughout the rumble, Jimmy was actually cracking me up. I don't I don't know if you noticed, but Almost anyone who came in and attacked Jay or targeted Jay, Jimmy would basically try to become like best friends with the with that person for a second. And I thought that was just kind of a, a fun little fun little Easter egg. Thought Jay had a great showing as well. I will say the middle, I felt like the middle of that match really felt like kind of a long deluge. It was a bit of a slog, I think, mm-hmm. until you got punk coming out there. At 27, I think it was, and then it was like, okay, but you know, business is picking up now. We're we're actually going to get to it, and it was also cool to see uh, Sami Zayn come back at the end with a with a return as well. And then Andrade made his WWE return at number four, following the expiration of his AEW contract. So it was cool to see him back. And then they had a cool encounter with fellow Mexican superstar Santos Escobar. I thought Andrade had a good accounting of himself as well. He looked great. It was kind of one of those unsurprising surprises, so to speak. But I think most fans were were glad to see him. I think um, for me, one of the, you know, I don't think it was a huge surprise. We're always ready to see at least a couple NXT guys. But I thought Ron Breaker, kind of like Tiffany Stratton that I was speaking about and the women's Rumble. I thought Ron Breaker had one of the best performances out of anyone in the Rumble, obviously from a statistical kayfabe standpoint i think he was up there near, uh with the leaders and eliminations but he also just looked incredible he had some really big spots and obviously the almost elimination and he looked apart and again like tiffany he he just looks ready made and and ready to go and you, you kind of see somebody like that and you're like all right you're hiding this person and uh developmental right now like what what else do you need to see but maybe they maybe that was the nature of that night you know that was just kind of the test run see if they were ready to go and again i thought he was someone who passed that with flying colors yeah i had Braun on my notes too that's an absolutely great note on that from you about Braun. he had a great night as well and possibly replaced somebody else by the name of brock lesnar and we won't get into all that stuff but obviously brock was pulled and maybe Braun got his role. Yeah, and and who knows? You know, one one person's loss can be an opportunity for someone else. Uh, like you said, we don't have to get into the details. I think there was just a weird vibe going into the Rumble this week. I remember being super pumped up to it, and obviously all the allegations, kind of a dark cloud circling, which led to a weird vibe going in and ended up being a, a really good show. Braun had a great accounting for himself. He wasn't a guy that right away or even a while ago when people were starting to sing his praises and NXT that I totally bought into. I just, I always felt like I needed to see him 
show me a little bit more. But ever since he kind of went heel and showed another sort of layer to what he could do, I've been I've been really impressed. And I just remember texting a friend when he came out in the Rumble match. We just it was good to have some Steiner insanity in in that ring in the Rumble match. It's just a nice uh, a nice little bit of chaos to to add to the party. Absolutely. And another footnote that I had in my notes, because uh, it's a guy I really like, is Kieran Cross. He was among the wrestlers eliminated by Bobby Lashley. And what's turning into an intriguing rivalry between Lashley and the Street Profits and the newly formed Final Testament. And I definitely popped hard for Paul Ellering's return a couple of weeks ago as well. And I'm really, really excited about where they're going with that story. The fact that Ellering is merely around still, still amazes me. So I think that's just really cool to see when you think about back in the day with the Legion of Doom and and everything like that. I wouldn't say I'm as in on Cross as, as you might be. I thought that they actually had an opportunity with this Rumble to do something a little bit more interesting with him and his group. Mm-hmm. Maybe just wreaking a little bit more havoc, being a little bit more dominant, a little run. You know, outside of Braun, I don't think we really got that guy this year of somebody who was, you know, tossing bodies left and right, but, you know, interesting nonetheless. I thought somebody that impressed me in his short time, and like you with Cross, maybe it's just because I'm a mark for him, but I thought Drew McIntyre and his short appearance in the match looked awesome. I think he's someone who is doing some of the most interesting work in the company right now. Again, like I alluded to with Braun Breaker, he's getting to peel back the layers and and, and show a little bit more complex character work. And what we've seen from him, you know, you kind of have shades of that old Bret Hart tweener persona from yes. 1997 or so where, you know, yeah, he's a jerk, but everything he's saying, there's there's plenty of a truth in it. And the way he comes in and, and wrestles and just lights people up, it just adds a level of intensity that I thought was maybe, maybe missing from that match. So I just, as we move to WrestleMania, he's somebody that I hope doesn't get lost in the shuffle. There's only so many spots. Yeah. There's a lot of talented people, but hopefully they have something interesting still lined up for him because I think that would be a shame. Great comparison to 97 Bret Hart, by the way. That, that hits the nail right on the head there. I, I love that. Yeah, it's 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 the, you know, we, we think of the, the Bret version as, a, you know, the whining about being screwed and mm-hmm. really winning the Rumble, but Stone Cold won the Rumble and all that fun stuff the 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 heel that's kind of convinced like why are you all saying that I'm wrong you know I'm I'm right like has everybody lost their mind and I thought they they had a lot of fun with the uh the punk segment I think it was a couple weeks ago yes. and playing off of that you know let me get this straight you leave for 10 years and you come back a hero and I've been here grinding and everybody's kind of turned on me so I think he's doing great work I think he's always been a great talent Obviously, things didn't work out a few years ago with this world title run with the pandemic. It wasn't what anybody you know hoped it would be, unfortunately, largely for forces outside of his control. And there's been a lot of contract talk about him. So, you know, whether he you know stays in WWE for the long term or ends up elsewhere, I'll continue to be a big fan of his. And he's just he entertains me. Yeah. And one last little note that I'll bring up. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, R-Truth. He actually does, does answer at number 24 in the men's rumble as well. And his grand entrance to the match was a hot tag. We've never seen a hot tag before in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> Again, like just these these spots, it's 
it's really difficult when we're in what this is like the 38th Royal Rumble. You know, we've seen you think almost every conceivable spot you can possibly see, especially with comedy stuff. And Truth's done it before with bringing the ladder out and climbing up, and nothing's there when he looks up at the rafters and all that good stuff. But yeah, I I pop pretty big for that that tag segment, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's in there and and making it happen. I will say. I was looking for a little bit more of a kind of a judgment day story throughout. I they've they've been in some ways, I mean, absolutely more than the bloodline over the last year, the dominant faction in WWE. And there's usually that that story that they like to tell in the rumble of whichever dominant faction at the time. And I thought maybe would we see some weaknesses, maybe a not unified front. Obviously, there's implications with Priest having money in the bank, but nonetheless the the truth stuff was a lot of fun as it usually is yeah i thought we'd see more from the judgment day too i think they're gonna have a big role at least on paper going into wrestlemania we'll see how it pans out but i'm very excited for the next few weeks wrestlemania is in less than 70 days we we already know one match we have ideas about a few others it's gonna be a really exciting few weeks what else do you think we're gonna see jordan going into wrestlemania I mean, it's the best time of the year to be a wrestling fan. I think, like I kind of alluded to earlier, we, we seem to go into Saturday thinking we had a good idea. We were all like, okay, we're, you know, we're doing Rock and Roman. So what does that mean for Cody? What does that mean for Seth? What does that mean for Punk? Turns out we were wrong. We're going to, to Cody and Roman. So as I look at the landscape, you know, I think about the women's side of things. We talked about the possibility of Bailey and EO. I think, I think about Rhea and who she'll defend against. And I think Becky Lynch is a name that makes a lot of sense. We haven't really seen that match, at least not in a proper way. And as Rhea's kind of torn through the roster and beaten almost everyone there is at the beat, they it doesn't seem like a coincidence that they've kind of kept those two apart. You know, that was a reason I thought besides Bailey, Becky was probably the best option, the most likely winner. But I would really love to see that Rhea-Becky match. And I think they'd I think it'd be a great clash of styles and they would complement each other really well. So I'm, I'm hoping they put that together. So much more to come. We're going to follow it very closely as we get closer to Philadelphia. Jordan Garrison, thank you for joining us. Do you want to promote any of your social media? Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Folks can follow me on X. I, I can't believe I caught myself from saying Twitter. So that's awesome. But you can follow me on X at Jordan Garrison. So thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. And just shortly after I finished talking to Jordan about the Royal Rumble, the news broke that CM Punk has indeed suffered a torn triceps and will be out for quite a while. That means he is out of WrestleMania. He won't be having that match with Seth Rollins, at least not this soon. And best wishes to CM Punk on recovering. It's a tough break for him, but WWE still has a ton of interesting stuff heading into WrestleMania season. Now, shifting to local stuff, last Saturday night, January the 27th, Southland Championship Wrestling presented Arctic Takedown at the Shabant Civic Center, and some of the highlights from the show for the SCW Championship, Sharpshooter James Creed defeats Aaron Xavier to win the title. 
and Terry Allen, who had to give up his presidency in order for Creed to get this title match, will now choose his successor. And in a number one contenders match, Scott Spade defeated JPH, and Warren C. Freiburg III Esquire became a two-time SCW High Voltage Champion. Also this past Saturday night, January the 27th, Power Entertainment presented Saturday Night Fights at T-Wood Restaurant Lounge in Wooddale, and the recap and results courtesy of Power Entertainment's Facebook page. Tommy McCobb interfered in Kazal versus Mason Perks, resulting in Dazzling Donnie coming out and issuing a challenge for a tag team match of Modern Decay versus Bedazzled later on. Style and Shane Eaton with Tiny defeat Axel Abrayo. Mateo Valentine was attacked during his entrance by a fan who then revealed himself to be Moondog Murray and their match ended up in a double countout brawl. They each shoved the referee which to both men have been pulled from the February 3rd show. Logan Steele knocks off Meathooks O'Bannon with the help of Keymaster Chris Hedford. After the match, Meathooks got revenge as he laid out Hedford. Bedazzled of Dazzling Donnie and Mason Perks defeated Modern Nikkei of Tommy McCobb and Kazile as McCobb took the pinfall and after the match, Power Entertainment Champion Kazile cracked McCobb in the head with the title belt and a fork, leaving Macabre a bloody mess in the ring, and stating, I don't hang with losers. Fork them all. So we were just talking about the chemistry that Kazile and Tommy Macabre had on our show last week, and I guess now it's over, and perhaps they'll be facing each other in the ring down the line in the coming months. And coming up this weekend, Friday night, February the 2nd, Wrestle League presents Heartache at the Ravens Room in Chicago, Saturday night, February the 3rd, Rocket Pro Wrestling presents Cupid's Carnage at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. We will have the fabulous idols in tag team action, Kevin Cade and Damian Gray, with Joey and Roxy in their corner, taking on rock star Johnny Nye and Flash Harris, who will have P.A.X. or Pat Ackerman from the lovely intoxicated men in their corner. And then there's going to be a showdown where inter-county champion, the suburban gerbin, Joseph Von Jager, calls out Jesus DeSafio. As you remember at the last show, these two had a little bit of a falling out when DeSafio attacked Von Jager. In tag team action, we have Shaq Jordan and Maximus Orion taking on the kings of the six of the undeniable of the Canadian anarchist Skylar Reed and Devin August. In a two out of three number one contenders match, and outside the ring, two of my favorite people in wrestling. The Hawaiian hitman, Koa Laksamana, with Callies, taking on the master of the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels, with Damian Saint. In a one-on-one match, the Ryan Matthews faces Sean Danger. For the Rocket Pro Wrestling Tag Team Championships, the final level of Shogun Chris Logan and all-day Marche Rocket defend the titles versus Heroes of Our Time, Mason Conrad and Joey Marks, and in the main event for the Rocket Pro Wrestling Championship, the Dreambreaker Aaron Stone defends against Public Enemy Number One Eric Dillinger. And what about the Rocket to the Top briefcase holder Gunner Brave? Will he show his face? We shall see. Saturday night, February the third, Power Entertainment presents Broken Hearts at the American Legion up in Fox Lake. We have the Power Entertainment Championship 
Kazile defends against Jamie Race. For the Power Entertainment Midwest Championship, Acid Jazz, with Chris Hedford in his corner, defends the title versus Axel Rico. Shauna Reed takes on Erica the Erico. Terry Allen faces Paul Hubris from the UK. Disposable Income with Tiny takes on the top Latinos in tag team action. Will Emery faces Axel Abrao. And in what should be an absolute show-stealing barn burner, it's your boy Mason Perks takes on Quinn Wittick. Saturday night, February the 3rd, Northland Pro presents No Love Lost at Trademark Events on North Throop in Woodstock. We have the Northland Pro Championship. Eric Schultz will defend against Rafael Quintero. For the Northland Women's Championship, Lily La Pescadita defends against Lulu La Reina. For the Northland Tag Team Titles, the drinking class of Jay Cross and Jack Carpenter defend against Chucky Bates and Gunnar Wicks. The Northland Pro Journey Championship sees Jax Johnson defend against Lee Metallic. Iniestra, this week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, faces Adam Stallion. In tag team action, King Trell and Doom Montgomery take on the duo of Joey Mayberry and Hans. And in the parental custody ladder match, you heard that right, Draco faces FXB and... Cody James makes his return to Northland Pro. He will make an appearance. What will he have to say? We shall see. And also, Saturday night, February the 3rd, St. Demetrius Warrior Wrestling and Second Wrestling present Thriller in the Miller at St. Demetrius Greek Orthodox Church in Chicago. And the show features Second Wrestling Champion Missa Kate, Maxwell Street Heritage Champion Ezio Orlandi, Storm Grayson, Coda Hernandez, Darius Luttrell, Jordan Cross, Solomon Tupu, Blair Onyx, Chico Suave, David Ali, Sean Logan, Zach Hendricks, and Reagan Lydale. And then on Sunday, February the 4th, Second Wrestling presents Tribal Instincts at the Home Kitchen and Bar in Arlington Heights. The Second Wrestling Championship will see Missa Kate defend the title against Brittany Brooks. Maxwell Street Heritage Championship, Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi defends against Matt Honey. And in a match that will generate a lot of interest since our podcast with him a few weeks ago, Darren Corbin faces Effie. And will Rabbi Jeremy Fine have anything else up his sleeve for Darren Corbin? As they say, we shall see. And then Shaza McKenzie takes on the debuting Shelly the Bombshell Benson in a absolute banger of a tag team match. We're going to have Bangin' Matthews versus the Fab and the Furious. That's David Ali and Heather Monroe. In a fatal four-way match, ATM takes on Jackson Stampede Larkin against Aries Creed and Moondog Murray. In a special segment, logging in with Sean, Sean Logan welcomes Eric Cannon. And before we get to our special guest, I just want to go ahead and mention, I was interviewed by John Robaleski of John G's Beat. Check out John G's Beat on YouTube. About a 22-minute interview where I talk about all sorts of things, including some of the best wrestlers in the Chicagoland area, some of my personal favorites, Jimmy Blaze, Robert Ego Anthony, and so much more. It's an encapsulating interview. Go ahead and support John G's Beat. Catch my interview there on YouTube now. All right, 
Coming up next, we welcome, for the very first time, the CSW Metro Division Champion, El Sueño, Victor Iniestra. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross South in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, and I'm so very excited to welcome for the very first time someone who has been making his name in multiple promotions around the area, such as Chicago Style Wrestling, Northland Pro, Galley Lucha Libre, and Janesville Wrestling Alliance. He's the current CSW Metro Division Champion, El Sueño, Victor Iniestra. Victor, how you doing? Hey, man. How are you? How's it going? Good. Glad to have you on. And You've been pretty hot on the scene in this area for the last couple of years, mainly in CSW, where last year you won the Metro Division Championship from the legendary Steve Boz. So what was it like to be in the ring with a guy who has had a hand in training and developing a lot of talent over the last 30 years and then winning the championship from him? Man, it was it was pretty cool, dude. It was I remember the show was it was a hacked. There was people standing, and like I think we ran out of seats too, man. It was really, it was really fucking cool. It was, yeah, it was really cool, man. It was uh, be with Boz too, like someone at that age. I wasn't sure how it was gonna go, to be honest, man, because I we had different, little bit of different styles, but I think what we came up with it was really cool. It was uh, we were throwing some haymakers in there too. It wasn't like no, like no, uh, I'm gonna protect you. We did protect each other, but we were we were feeling every all those punches, so. When I for the first one I felt I'm like wow I felt that one and then the second one again the third so I'm like all right we're going at it but it, in that environment man it's where the crowd is hot your adrenaline's going man and I really liked I, I love those matches where you're just adrenaline's going and your hair is standing up on your arms and all that but it was cool and then the way it happened too was like at, there was so many moving parts in the match so people were getting involved you know the drama, everything, man. It was just like the whole match from start to finish. I really enjoyed that match. It's one of those matches where it's just like you can look back like every now and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm going to rewatch this match back. And then you can just watch and you're just like, man, look at that crowd. Look at that. I, and then you remember like how you're feeling. And I was gassed too. At one point, I'm like, man, I'm so tired. Like it's Because it's just the heat gets to you. The heat gets to you. It's hot. There's people yelling and all the warm, warm breath of everybody. But it, it was good, man. And just for like the for the company to trust you like that, to think and name it. Because I at that point, I think I was only a year into CSW, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe, may, uh, or just about, but like for them to be like, you know what, this is this is the guy that we're gonna trust with this title. I to me that was like, all right, man, thank you. Cool. I I'm here. Let's let's fucking do this. You know, let's do this. We're we're here and uh I let's just run with it and see where we go with this. And I since then, man, I think I've been I've been on a roll. I enjoy the whole 
I'm enjoying it right now, especially with everything that's going on with like the brass and everything. I'm I'm enjoying what we're doing with it, man. It's just for them to trust me, just for them to trust me doing this. It's 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 really it's a really good feeling for some for a whole like promotion to trust you like that. Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit more about CSW and the brass a little bit later on, but let's uh, rewind a little bit. So you have history in wrestling going back to 2015 with Premier Pro Wrestling in Woodstock. So what led you to pro wrestling and uh, how did you end up there? Man, so I was playing I was playing D3 football at the time. I was playing out in Chicago at North Park University, right? This is mm-hmm. a complete accident. I didn't mean to wear this. Uh, I was playing in Chicago uh, in the north side and at this point, man, I was trying. I was trying to go, maybe not not so much pro in the NFL or nothing like that. Because I mean, I was like, all right, man, I'm, that's not gonna happen. I'm not fucking six foot something. But like, I really enjoyed the sport, man. I was trying to really play in college because I played in high school. So I go to college. I'm playing out there, and man, it's just I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. But like, the thing is, I'm seeing these bills pile up. I'm seeing like the loans, and I'm seeing how much because I was living on campus at the time, mm-hmm. and like. But I was still coming back and forth at home because I was I was working just to like afford to be out there. But at that time, and it was, I, I got the I, I played out there, and then all right, I'm starting my second season. I'm about to start for training camp. Coaches are telling me, "Hey, man, we need you more in film because you're gonna be doing a lot more stuff here and there." And I'm like, "All right, man, cool." But I'm looking at these bills. I'm like, "I don't know if I can afford this, man. I'm not gonna." And I was already kind of there's a lot of politics and in football college football just like wrestling but like the thing was that i was sick and tired of the politics and football so i was already kind of like and i was already wanting to do to do a pro wrestling so i was kind of already looking at it and you know thinking i want to get into this already because i've been wanting to for a couple years at this point but then i I started so i started looking around and that's when i found premier pro wrestling because originally i was looking to go to reality of wrestling with tech in texas with booker t that was my i was like i want to go here uh, I think at that time, I think the Usos had just like left there because I, I saw a little film about the Usos. So I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. So I was looking at prices. Next thing you know, I find it on Facebook that Premier Pro Wrestling, I think it was like an ad that they had running. And I'm thinking, well, that's like right where I live. Screw it. I went to go to uh, two shows back to back. I went to one show. And then after that, I think like two weeks later, I went to another show and I saw some people wrestling. I saw them like about one guy about my size. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to I'm going to do it. Talk to the owner talked about prices i'm like screw it i'm sold i went back to to my coach and at this point i was already thinking i was going to transfer out because i just couldn't afford it it wasn't just so much football it was about like affording everything and like switching out and then my major i wanted to change all that stuff too so i went to the coach and i said hey man thanks for the opportunity but you know i'm i'm not gonna be playing anymore he was understanding i told him my reasoning and yeah and next thing you know i'm i'm transferring back to took a not, not community college it was it was a Columbia college out, in, out like a, a closer out here where I live. So yeah, I ended up transferring out. And next thing you know, I started training at Premier Pro Wrestling because it was like right there in my own, in my town. And during that time, you decided to get into powerlifting. Obviously you were already lifting mm-hmm. for conditioning, but then you wanted to get a little bit more into the competitive aspect of it. So how did that come about? Yeah, I was, I think, so it was 2015 I started and then 2017, beginning of 2017-ish, uh, I started competing in powerlifting. I really want to do it because when I when I started wrestling, I wasn't as as uh, I was in shape, but I wasn't how I wanted to be. So I'm like, I got to. I was already lifting, but I was I wasn't doing the. I was doing more of uh, explosive stuff for football. So I'm like, I got to change this up a little bit. And I I didn't want to do body bodybuilding because of I man my diet. I wasn't trying to count the 
oh like measure this measure that i can't eat this this little uh this little this little bit of salt i can't eat the, this certain olive oil like i don't you know i'm not going to do that so powerlifting there's a little more leniency in that still be still count your calories but i'm not going to worry so much of i can get away with eating a cookie you know what i mean uh so yeah i went towards the powerlifting way and plus i like competing and uh seeing how much weight i can lift compared to other people yeah man since then i started in 2017 and I just did some programs online about until like maybe two years ago, I probably just got a coach. Uh, but before then, man, I was just exploring and see what I could do with it. And yeah, I ended up just falling in love with it on accident. It wasn't supposed to be something like how I treat it now where it's I'm thinking about like, oh, I got to think about this lift or the environment I ended up meeting because it's like a whole other community. Like wrestling has its community and then powerlifting has its community at the same time. So it's like two different ones. I ended up just meshing them together, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy both. If I'm not wrestling, I'm lifting. If I'm not lifting, I'm wrestling or I'm working. So I enjoy them. Now, you had some great accomplishments in powerlifting, too. From the stats I saw online, and obviously these might be a little different now, but you had personal best like at 440 for a squat, you had a 286 for a bench, and a 474 for a deadlift. That's pretty amazing stuff, especially for a guy that's not really huge in stature, but you seem like you get a lot of strength in that frame. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what powerlifting is, man. It's not so like, it's not it, it, all both bodybuilding and powerlifting is still strength, except just bodybuilding is more the aesthetic. You're going to see those, those big biceps. You're going to see the big back, which you can still do it in powerlifting, but powerlifting is more strength based. So you might see somebody that's like 180 pounds lifting as much as you think that a 200 something pounder would be lifting, you know, just because they're, it's a different style of training. But like, that's, I think that's when people see me and they see me lifting or they see me pick somebody up or whatever it is. They're like, well, like that's, they don't say it directly to me. Like, well, that's, that's crazy. But like, they, I could tell the look on their faces like, whoa, he can, he could squat someone like that, or he can, he can be lifting that or he can bench that. Yeah. Cause it's, that's what I'm training for. You know, uh, I still do my, my curls and my, leg curls and all that stuff, the, the more like the aesthetic looking like lifts. But for the most part, I'm focused on bench, squat and deadlift, man. And it's just, it's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what's the word I'm looking for? It's still strength-based like bodybuilding, but it's not more focused on the aesthetic. You know what I mean? That's where you see your, your fat guys and then your, your skinny guys. And it's like, it's cause it's not meant for aesthetic. It is, but it isn't. It's more uh, just strength. And it has to give you a really good adrenaline rush to do that, to throw some weight. Oh, like of course, of course, man. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, no matter when you can lift a whole bar full of weights on there, you can just hear them smacking against each other and all that when you're lifting them. Yeah, that's a whole rush, especially with the music blasting. And your girlfriend, who we know is Lily La Pescadita, also did weightlifting. You guys kind of got it into it together. So tell me that story about that. Yeah, man. We So she was already doing, she was playing soccer. She's been playing soccer her whole life. Uh, even high school and all that. And she, I know she she ended up doing, uh, she went to DePaul. Uh, she, was, she played there for a little bit. And then she also played semi, semi-pro after she graduated. So she was doing that. Uh, but she was also trying to get into like, uh, she wanted to get in, uh, into more of lifting weights too. It wasn't just to like supplement her soccer, but she was just like, I want to, I've seen, she, she was telling me about like how she was seeing other girls that like look ripped. So she's like, I'm going to, I got to start lifting weights a little more. So, and I was already at this point, I was already in wrestling. So I'm like, yeah, let's, I'm already lifting weights. But she's like, I want to compete. Like, let's go, let's find something. Though. Let's find something to compete in. And we were already following a couple of people like on YouTube, a couple of YouTubers. There was a couple of people that I saw that they were also power lifters. 
and I, and I had already knew about powerlifting, but I just I, I hadn't looked in that much into it yet. So started looking into it and I'm like, this sounds more fun than bodybuilding. Let's go this route. And she's the one who ended up looking for, for a powerlifting meet. We went to what is it called? Le- Lebanon, Illinois, which is like the middle of nowhere, like way down south of Illinois, like towards Champaign down there. And yeah, man, so we signed up and we just started competing like on some program that we found online, like a basic, like here's a beginner's 101 program that you can find online. So we Googled it and then we just did that program for a little while until we ended up getting a coach. But yeah, we both com- ended up competing same meet, same day for our own reasons, but she was doing it more for like, cause she was trying to gain weight. Same thing with me, but she's more soccer. I was more po- uh, wrestling. Now, late in 2021, you decided to branch out from PPW, and that's when you got a taste of CSW, like going to the school. You mentioned before we went on the air, TJ Steele was kind of the guy that kind of got you in there, right? Yeah, it was TJ Steele. He was going to, uh, I met TJ Steele because he was going to Premier Pro Wrestling for a couple times too. He went down there, and that's how I met him. And then, you know, so he he goes there, and then he's going back and forth. He's he's going everywhere in the Midwest. Now it's time for me to, like, I want to go and expand more. I want to start going to... uh, other places and then i hit up tj Steele. i messaged him and he, you know we started catching up being like hey man how's it going and then i told him i wanted to come by and he's like doing awesome like, i got you come by to a show let's go like come by to a show i'll, I'll introduce you to everybody i'll introduce you to the people that are in charge like screw it so i went to the next show i showed up he, he showed me uh he brought me to the back we were talking he said hey man here's so and so he introduced me to steve boz first he introduced me to steve boz Hades was there. I just don't, I didn't know him yet, but he introduced me to Steve Boz and I heard about him. Uh, he said, Hey, here's a, uh, here's a uh, Steve Boz. Steve, this is Victor. Steve was awesome. And he was like, from the right from the beginning, I thought he was going to be like, maybe, you know, cold. I don't give me like a cold shoulder, but no, he was really welcoming. He was like, Hey man, how's it going? I'm Steve, you know, nice to meet you. Told him I wanted to come by, start training. He's like, come by this week, you know, come by on uh, Thursday. Come by, you know, we'll talk, you know, we'll get to know each other. And he's like, add me on uh, add me on Instagram. So we added each other. And then after the show, then we ended up talking. I think it was like the next day or two days later on the phone. But TJ was the one that like introduced me to CSW. And then like I came out there, started uh, doing more things with them, starting doing things with Northland. But like TJ was the one that pretty much said, hey, this guy is so-and-so. He's good. He put in a good word for me is what I'm saying. And be, I think that helped out a lot because... I felt like they trusted me more that, hey, this guy is putting in a good word for you. Plus, I think that's his, what, that's his brother-in-law too, I think. TJ's yeah. a brother-in-law, so I forgot about that. So that kind of helped out. But yeah, man, TJ helped me get my foot into CSW so I could start expanding to other places. And you started out in the pre-show battle royals. You were in early in your tenure, you were wrestled as a baby face. But about a year ago, you lost a match to Steve Boss for the Metro Division Championship. And then the very next month, last February, you jumped Boss after he defended the title in a five-man scramble. And that kind of opened the door for, for more aggression from you and a heel turn. Then in May 23, obviously, you broke through and won that title. So uh, what was that experience like kind of transitioning to the heel side of things? It, was, it wasn't honestly that hard because I've done a little bit of both. I, I've done both and it's just to me it kind of I know it sounds kind of weird but like you hear about like actors like going into their they go into like a room and they have to stay away from everybody to, so they can get into character and all that I'm not like that at all I could literally be talking to somebody hanging out we're chilling and the next thing you know the music plays and I'll be like oh I'll be right back go through the curtain and now I'm a heel like it's not it's I think maybe because I'm not I don't know man maybe I'm naturally like just like have two different personalities I don't know uh, but I think from going from a face to a heel, 
I, I enjoy it, man. I'll do both. I can do feel heel and I can do a face, but it's something about like being a heel is just gives you more freedom. It gives you, I, it's definitely more fun, man. It's definitely more fun because you just, the wheels are off and, you know, chaining wheels are off. You can do anything you want, you know, within certain, you know, right, certain guidelines. And if they boo you, good. If they don't cheer you, good. You can talk smack to them for not booing you. And then eventually they'll boo you. I think, but I give a lot of credit to the baby faces, man, because being a baby face is hard these days. Cause I've, I've tried it a couple times, man, or like the first half of my career. And there was times when I just completely sucked, man. I, I just failed at it and I couldn't do it. So I had to kind of figure out a way how to do it and be a, a credible baby face. But that's hard, man. There's people out there that are like natural faces. Like I think like Axel Rico, I think he's a really good face. Like he goes out there and like people just love him. And I'm just like, man, if I tried doing that, I'd probably get some booze and I, I can't do it. It's just. Maybe it's maybe it's my face. I don't know. Maybe I just have a natural people want to punch my face. I don't know, man. But it's if you're a good face, you know that like that's that's a good baby face. That's hard to do. To me, that's harder to do. And uh, to, but also to be a heel, man, that's it's it's fun. I think it's fun and it's a lot easier to do. But it's uh, there's still some people that can't do it. I enjoy the going back and forth and the transitioning. Now, as Metro Division champion, you're a big part of the brass with Boz's old tag team partner, CSW general manager, TJ Steele, attorney Eric Schultz, and team sexy mm. Jax Johnson and Ryan uh. Matthews. So what's it like to be part of a faction of like-minded individuals who are hungry and will do anything to get ahead? Man, it's good. You push each other, man. I like being next to people that are hungry. And this is just in like any sport too, right? It's I like being with people that are driven and that are hungry for something and that we're all got the same goal right we're all trying to be the best that we can be at what we're doing and you can push each other it also helps when you guys have a little bit of the same personality because you guys is you can tell like you're bouncing off ideas off of each other but you can also talk smack to each other and you know nobody's gonna get offended that's always cool man but i think the cool thing about the brass man is that everybody has the same goal we want to be this the best that we can be but we can also talk smack to each other and push each other and if we mess up man then we'll come back and we'll let each other know about it we'll be like what was that and nobody gets offended nobody will get offended but we all know hey man we're gonna get better at this man it is i enjoy man tj is the one man who pulled for me he another again he's the one who pulled for me he was he brought that idea up to me he came he told me he's like hey man this is what we're thinking of doing are you in or out? And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. He's like, all right, man. Good, because you're one of the people that I want. Hey, man. Thanks. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. And and next thing you know, I'm here, man. I'm in it. I'm in it. And, man, I don't know exactly what's going to happen this coming year with the with the CSW and what exactly what we're going to be doing with it. But I can tell, man, this thing's going to be big and it's going to blow up. And in CSW, you've experienced some really cool things in the ring, such as wrestling people like Carlito and Samurai Del Sol, a.k.a. Kalisto, and even Swaggle. And you got to meet Bret Hart at Dreamwave. So what was it like to square off against Carlito just before his WWE return? I, you know, I still think about that. It's just my girlfriend was telling me the other day that, well, when uh, Carlito went up, I think it was the, uh, what was it, when they went to the, no, not the Royal Room, Puerto Rico. She, mm -hmm. she messaged me. She's like, Hey, do you know, like a month or a year ago, you were just facing this guy. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, one thing, one like one minute I'm locking up with him, the next minute he's back up on WWE, and like, this is awesome. This is cool, man. It's it's uh that experience was cool because I I ended up picking him up. I picked him up at the at O'Hare, and then I dropped him off. You know, and I I was a chauffeur. At first, he was kind of cold. I'm not gonna lie. He was kind of like, hey, man, what's up? He wasn't he wasn't mean or nothing like that. But he was just more like. 
Amen. I'm just here to, to wrestle. But I think because he didn't know me. And then after, as the day went by, he started opening up to me more, man, more and more. And then, you know, right before, like, right when it's like the the belt or the belt, the, the show started, he was like really like, hey, man, you know, okay. So I, and then we, could, he, we were talking, we were just talking and hanging out, talking and hanging out. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, man, we're like three matches away. Oh, okay. All right, man, let's get ready, you know. And then, hey, let's do it. Went out there, man. And we, I think it was easy. It was so easy to work him. Cause we didn't overcomplicate nothing, and in fact, he actually trusted me, man. At one point, I know I remember I went to go give him a suplex, right? I went to I was gonna give him a suplex, but I waited because I didn't know if he was gonna let me, right? And I I go to I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give it to him, and he's like, do it, and I'm like, oh, all right, and I gave him the suplex, and I get up and I'm like, I just gave him a suplex, I'm like, I just gave Carlito a suplex, holy crap, I just gave him a suplex. And then I'm like, let's keep going. And then I, I gave him some, I, I was giving him some, like, some forearms, some heavy forearms, and he let me do it. And I'm like, holy crap, he's letting me doing it. Because at any point, Carlito could just probably just hit me in the face and say, okay, you're not doing this. Like, he could have just said, screw that, you're not picking me up. But the fact that, like, the, as the match was going on, he saw, like, all right, he knows what he's doing. And he let me do it, man. It's, I, that's, that's something that I'm always going to remember, too, man. It's just because it was cool. Like, he was, he let me, he, he trusted me, is what I'm saying. After the match, went to the back. He was like, he came up to me. He's like, hey, here you go, man. And he gave me a water. And I'm like, oh, he gave me a water. Like, because I'm, si I'm standing there. And he goes, like, here you go. He gives me a bottle of water. I'm like, oh, crap. He gave me a water. Like, holy crap. And uh, I was marking out a little bit. He's like, all right, man, let's go over here. And we started talking. And yeah, man, it was cool. At that point, he was like, because I think he's like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. He didn't, he didn't kill me. We just started talking and hanging out, man. And that's when he really opened up. Now we're laughing and we're talking. And yeah, man, it was it was it was cool. It was a really cool experience, man. Some one of those things to him, it was probably just another match. But to me, it's one of those things where I really appreciated it, man. And it's like if I run into him again, which I know I probably will, hopefully he remembers me. You know, hopefully he remembers that. I'll bring it up to him. I don't know if he'll remember it, but hopefully he remembers me. And then you had that great match with Rafael Quintero and Samurai Del Sol a couple mm. months ago too. That was awesome to be able to ring with both of those guys. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sam, he's uh. So I walk in and I, I didn't know what his face looked like, right? Because he was uh, he was doing a seminar too before the show started. Next, and so like he's out there and then he's selling his merch. So I had we haven't even been able to talk to him about nothing. The show starts. He comes to the back and then I see some random guy just standing there. And then I look and I'm like, that's that's him. I'm like holy crap, because I never seen his face. So I'm like, oh, this is him. I'm like oh crap. And then and then I'm like, hey, I'm like, how's it going? And I say him by his name and I don't know if he wants me to say his real name, but I'm like, hey, well, how's it going? And then. He's like, hey, man, and, you know, he was really cool. Awesome, man. He was really out going, hey, man, you ready for tonight? Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do this, man. He's like, all right, man, cool, awesome. He was at Galley, and I was at Galley, too, like, I think, like, maybe a month before, a couple of weeks before. I didn't get a chance to meet him because I was, I was already, I had my match, and he was over there putting his match together with someone else. So I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but Ra Rafael did. So then this time, I actually got to talk to him, and he already knew Rafael. So, and, like, we were just, it was just, man, it's cool because, like, we're three Mexicans, but like our Mexican humor and like the the stuff that we say to each other, like we're talking to each other in Spanish and we're like saying all these like jokes and, sh and like that we would say to each other in Mexican. And we all, we are, we understand it. We only like, it's one of those jokes where like you kind of just keep it between your race mm -hmm. and you can say things and you understand, oh, like, okay, I get it. And so we were like that the whole night. We were just joking around in Spanish and everything. But we went out there and we did, we did the match and it was good, man. It was cool. We we were, we all wanted to do a little more, but I think we were just we we anticipated the match to be longer, 
well, we thought it was going to be longer, but next thing you know, it's like, you know what? We don't need to go that long because it's, it's good what we have. And plus this is a time where none of us have locked up with each other. We've never locked up with each other before. So it's, it's cool to like, this is our first time together and we're able to put something like this together. This is awesome. The second time will be better. Hopefully it happens, man. The second time, but it was, and then afterwards we talked, we talked and asked him for critique. I asked him for advice. We were talking for a little while about our backgrounds and everything. And he was really, he's like an open book, man. It was really cool that he was an open book to me because he didn't have to be. So I'll always, I, again, it's one of those things where like I had with Carlino. I'm going to appreciate that. I'm going to appreciate that for a long, long time. And since you started branching out a couple of years ago, you've done some great things in numerous places, like becoming the JWA champion and even getting a taste of highly regarded promotions such as Dreamwave and AAW. So what has that been like for you? It's cool, dude, because it's, JWA has its own, like, because it's in Wisconsin. So, like, the, there's talent up north, more up there. Like, so people from, like, Minnesota go there, too. Uh, from, like, those states up there, they go down there. Uh, or they, I guess, right, they go up to them. It's down there. To me, it's up there. I get to meet new people from uh, from the area. I already knew uh, the promoter, Andy, because he was from PPW. He was from Premier Pro Wrestling. So, I already knew of him. Or we already knew each other and everything. So, started branching out more he's like hey come by come by down here man we we need to see you up here so uh, i went up there man and instantly he was like just because i hadn't seen him in a while at that time we started talking again and it was cool to see a familiar face so it, and, and he's cool man is he was he really helped me out when i first started wrestling he was one of those guys that like helped train me and then Dreamwave, i went down to Dreamwave, and it's at jay's uh, owner really cool he's probably one of the nicest promoters that i have ever met Probably one of the most genuine promoters. I don't feel like there's nothing fake about him. You Sometimes you kind of get like a cold shoulder from people or like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, no, I got like hugs when I first met him. You know, he's, he's really I could see why people want to go to Dreamwave and especially with the crowds there. It's sold out every show. How do you sell out every single show, man? And, and like with the talent that they bring to it, it doesn't surprise me. But man, every show. So it's and I met some people there, man. I met some because they bring people from all over the country. And people from TNA and people from MLW, you know, people from Mexico. And to the point where now I kind of know people too from Mexico where I could see them. Like I could see Vikingo and I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? I, Ares, same thing with Ares. He's like, we will say, hey, what's up, man? And we recognize each other now. To me, that's 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 mind blowing in a way because like I've been a fan of this for so long. And man, it's and then like people at AAW. Same thing. A lot of top talent go to AAW. That's another whole fan base, right? It's it's really it's really humbling, and I feel really blessed sometimes to be in these locker rooms. I think maybe some people end up taking it for granted that oh, I'm up, I'm here, you know, like I get to, I deserve this, you know. I don't think I deserve anything. I don't think anybody should ever feel that. Yes, you can think it, I guess, but like at the same time, be humbled about it. So every time when I could step into these locker rooms and there's like just a lot of talent around me, that to me is really like, I'm here, man. Like I take a time, I just sit back and I just look and I'm like, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm in the locker room with these people. This is like, I appreciate this. I, I enjoy this. And I think it just comes from, from playing sports all my life too, to like, you know, like, Hey, this isn't forever, man. So I might as well enjoy it and appreciate it while I'm here. And Lily just started wrestling herself in the last year or two. And you guys had the opportunity to have a match against each other for all heel wrestling last year. She won by DQ. So what was all that like? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I kind of already knew we were, it would eventually happen. Uh, I don't know when or where it was going to happen. Uh, but the opportunity was there, man. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Screw it. I'll do it. 
And I think she was excited about it too because I think I was her second match. But she was really excited because I think not just because it's me, but like she wanted to learn. She wants to learn like how to do this. Just learn because she's always been like, she would hear me talk about it, about wrestling before she joined. And then she would think like, I don't have, I have no idea what you're talking about. But then when she joined, started actually training. And then she started more listening to like what I say, like, like, cause I'll be talking to someone and maybe I'm putting a match together or something. And she's like, but why this? Why that? How come this? How come that? And she'll start asking question after question. So I think when the opportunity came, I think that's why she was excited about it. You know, and I think it too, probably because she got to beat up on me a little bit. Uh, so that's, it is what it is. But that was really cool to say, Hey, like, all right, let's, we, we, we've been together for so long. We lived together, played soccer together. Let's, let's beat the crap out of each other for a little bit. So it was, it was a really cool experience to do that. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. Outside of wrestling, you have a little bit of a podcast as well called Lucha Strength. What's that like for you, getting behind the microphone and just doing your own thing and telling your own stories? It's really cool. Cause it's kind of therapeutic in a way. I'm sure like you know, it's in a way like so far right now, I kind of, I don't have really guests. I'm just, it's just more of me talking. It's more of me talking and, you know, just going, I think I, I have like a topic in my head that I want to talk about and I just go with it. I just go with it and I talk and, and then I, I'll end up in some other, I'll, I'll start here, end up over there, but it's still kind of like in the same topic. And I've gotten some messages from people, man, that it's, Hey man, like I needed to hear that, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like that, that's pretty cool to hear. And like, Hey man, you kind of just, I've been thinking about this and you kind of just, you just, you just hit the nail on, on the head, you know, and I get those messages. Like, oh man, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Like, you know, yeah, I was going for something like that. And it's kind of like therapeutic in a way, because you know, you just kind of you just go and you just talk. And then knowing that other people are like listening, uh, I think it's really cool. And I I think uh I took a little bit of a break, but I'm I just started it up again. I just recorded an episode about a week ago. I'm still I, I want to figure out how to do like remote podcasting stuff too, like how we are right now. I'll probably end up doing a little more of that stuff and then maybe some edits or something, but I enjoy it, man. It's really therapeutic and I enjoy just kind of talking and then having other people say, Hey, keep going, man. You know, cause this, this helps me. So if it helps you, man, then I'm doing something right. You had a banner year for yourself in 2023. So what are some of your goals here in 2024? I want to do more things with bigger companies for sure. Uh, I did a couple things. I did something with a NWA. I've done that already. And then I did stuff with AEW I want to do it again. I want to do it again because it was a really cool experience. I've done some extra work. End of last year, beginning of this year, I did a stuff with the WWE was extra work. I didn't get a chance to do much, but like now that I'm like, I'm getting invited to these things with WWE, it's really cool. I hope to to do more with them, right? It's because seeing how the whole production with them, how it's done, it's really, it's really humbling to see how, wow, this is what goes into into WWE and like to putting a show together. Holy crap. This is awesome. This is, this is a lot. It's a whole monster. And same thing with these. So I, I, that's at the, that's at like a huge level, but even then I didn't think it was that much, much of a difference from the Indies, you know, cause they do the same thing. They put their stuff together the exact same way. Dreamwave did AAW did CSW does. It's on a smaller scale, but it's mm-hmm. for the smart, as far as like storylines and, putting matches together and the production. It's the same thing, pretty much. It's the same process. So I hope to be doing stuff with them more. I got a couple of messages, too, from other promoters to do stuff that's more side of Illinois. So I'm excited for that, man. And I definitely want to just travel more and do stuff with the bigger companies as, as I continue to grow in this. 
Okay, Vic, before we let you go, uh, go ahead and promote your social media if you have any sort of merchandise available and upcoming events for the next few weeks. Yeah, man, my social medias is uh, all of them are the same. It's El Mero Iniestra. Uh, it's uh, El Mero Iniestra, man, the last name. And it's all of them for Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Man, it's all the same thing. And But catch me on all the Dreamwave shows, CSW, AAW, man. And then a couple of, time, a couple of things, too, with uh, Midwest All-Star Wrestling. I, they had a good thing going up there right now. And the promoter is also really nice, man. It's, it's really cool. But, man, that yeah, catch me at all of them. At, uh, and look at my social media. There's more stuff coming up. All right, Victor Iniestra, thank you very much for joining us. And we will catch you down the line. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Really fun conversation with El Sueño Victor Iniestra, the CSW Metro Division champion. Really cool guy. Big time power lifter, big time pro wrestler, doing a lot of great things in CSW for the brass, or the brass holes, however you want to call them. And his girlfriend, Lily La Pescadita, is also doing some big things. She's an up-and-comer in the business as well. We hope to get her on at some point, too. And it was awesome to have Jordan Gerritsen back to talk about that great Royal Rumble event this past weekend. And the road to WrestleMania has kicked off in earnest. Alright, next week, we'll recap some of the local action, preview a big weekend of action that includes Freelance and Dreamwave. Plus, we welcome back a previous guest. She was the youngest guest in the history of this podcast. And now she's all grown up and in the ring and is preparing for a match with Chicago's own Miss Kate. She's Izzy Moreno. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.